0: This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio, where our motto is the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self understanding.
1: You're switching it up.
0: That's all I'm going to say.
1: Really? That's
0: all I'm going to say, sweetie. I love for it. For today. For today. Um, so, we are going to read on today's show an amazing letter from a listener. We get a lot of amazing letters from listeners. We do.
1: Thank you f- but for everybody.
0: This one takes the cake you think? I think, it, I think the cake has been taken.
1: <laughs> we have to give the cake away?
0: Yes, we must give the cake away. We're going to do a Kickstarter update at the end of the show, too. We're going to thank all the awesome backers. and
1: Well, and discuss, because it has now come to an end.
0: It's come to an end? Oh, that's the wrong one. I
1: thought you were maybe... Yeah. No, the end by the doors?
0: This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end. It's not a very positive song, Jim. You know that song starts out one of the best movies made of all time, and it's called Apocalypse Now. Yeah. The beginning of the movie has the end. Interesting. It's weird. I yeah, Apocalypse Now. I watched too young. The reason Coppola used it, I think, is yeah, it's Coppola, isn't that who directed it? Ah, uh, probably. Um. Because the song was written in the late 60s, but the movie wasn't uh, produced until the 70s. But the lines in the song are, the snake is long, seven miles. The snake is the river yeah. that they go down. So it's just kind of crazy how the song came first and it, how well it fit Coraline, into. yeah, connected. Although the movie is based off a book from like the 1920s, before the Vietnam War, obviously Vietnam War is in the 60s, called The Heart of Darkness.
1: Oh, I know. I had to read it. Conrad, right? Uh, yeah, I never read it. Oh. It's the it that's it's funny that you bring that up because you remember the class that I talked about a couple weeks ago where we read Tolstoy? Yeah. It's I read The Heart of Darkness in the same class. And it's a
0: shorter book, isn't it? It's not too long. I don't remember. It's kind of deep. And...
1: It, I don't know, it could it could have been a short story for all I know, but we went I had to write a paper about The Heart How's of Darkness. How's that for
0: optimistic podcasting? Well, the let's Heart talk about this. Let's
1: let's make it lighter. Let's sure. talk about the fact of the funny scene In the what is what was Charlie Sheen's movies that were like airplane hot uh, hot shots? shots? Yeah. Remember when he's on the river and then his dad, Martin Sheen, goes by. Right. Because it's like him in Apocalypse Now. Right, right, right. I always liked that. It's a good cameo. Even though Charlie Sheen's not doing so well right now. (sighs) He's he's saying mean things on Twitter about his ex-wife, Denise
0: Richards. Winning.
1: And he used winning in his tweet. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> it's, it's not going away. He's, he's very angry. And I I get, I, I know we want to move on to this, but I get confused about people who do those big public anger things. Mm-hmm. I, When I say I get confused, I know that sometimes it's just an impulse and they're not thinking mm-hmm. or other things are going on. But it's so mean that how do they think they're going to get positive back from that Sweetie, experience?
0: Sweetie, you know who's running the board in Charlie Sheen's mind, don't you?
1: Who's running the board? Anger. Yes.
0: So we're going to talk a little bit, hopefully, depending on how long it takes for us to go to this letter. Uh, We went to see the movie Inside Out last night.
1: Twice I've seen
0: it. Sweetie's seen it twice. I've seen it once. And we want to hopefully have a discussion about it. I think we should make it a priority. Um, And anger is one of the emotions. And you know what I think is running his board? What? Fear. Uh, What about sadness? And
1: a lot of sadness. So.
0: Real quick, the five emotions in the movie that take place inside this 12-year-old girl's head are...
1: 11-year-old. Oh, actually, she turns 12 at the end. You're right.
0: Are... Anger. Anger. Fear. Fear. Disgust. Disgust.
1: Joy. Joy. Sadness.
0: Sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I, want to talk about it. Headquarters. Headquarters. We all have our headquarters. We do. So um, this is from a letter by the name of... You
1: just said this is from a letter. This is
0: from a person who wrote an email... (laughs) Whose name is Steve? And we actually are somewhat connected to Steve because Steve knows somebody that I know.
1: Okay. So he's a listener of the show. He's a
0: listener of the show. He's a loyal listener. He loves us. He loves about self awareness, blah, blah, blah. And he
1: lives in Idaho.
0: Yes. Okay. So um, this is completely out of context. We've never done this before, reading a full letter, but it's that good. Okay. It's that important. So, hey, Todd. This is from Steve. I have a story to share that has yours and Kathy's fingerprints all over it. It's a story of mindful parenting and a child's decision to test the waters of being purposely uncomfortable. Ooh. Yes. Doesn't it
1: just get you in yes, right away?
0: I'm in. My 11-year-old son, Soren, loves to dance. He felt the beat since he was three and grooving to that song from Sesame Street with a pinball machine. 9, 10, 11, eleven 12. How come you're doing the doodies? Y'all let you do the do. Do-do-do-do. Six months ago, he and a friend wanted to learn hip hop dance, so we asked a local dancer if he wanted to teach the boys some moves. He came over every Tuesday for a few weeks and teaching the boys a set of moves in our living room. One day, he mentions to my wife that there's a dance workshop coming to Boise, and boys might like it. Instructors from New York City and L.A. will be leading it. So the two moms sign the boys up. 400 bucks a pop, sweetie. Mm, Expensive. Yes. Uh, Two-and-a-half-day workshop. Must be a heck of a workshop. Mm -hmm. At this point, it hits my radar via our credit card bill. This prompts a conversation with the wife around the reality of a camp of this caliber for a kid with no formal training and committing that kind of money without a heads up. It was a healthy conversation, respectful, based in curiosity, and Soren said he was up for it, though I'm thinking none of the decision makers really knew what it was. Now, I've been learning from you guys for over a year and adapting my parenting style away from thumb on child, this is how I would do it flavor.
1: In quotes. This is how in I would quotes. do it. Yeah.
0: So he says, "Listen, allow, support, repeat." Was made possible by what I've learned while looking down Adam's alley. <laughs> so the first of several thank yous here. Okay. So, so did you want to? Well, comment I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's. Obviously, they have a good. he has a good relationship with his wife because he talks about the money thing, which uh-huh. would have been my first reaction, uh-huh. saying you really know what you're getting yourself into. And the bottom line is nobody really did, no. as you'll find out. But it was a respectful conversation based in curiosity. Instead of like pointing fingers, I just think Steve and his wife did a really good job in kind of sifting through the at least the money part of this. Yeah, okay. because
1: that can present a challenge right up front before anything's even begun. For sure. Okay, so the day of the workshop, um, Soren and his buddy head off for a Friday afternoon session. This is a half-day session to be followed by a full eight hours on both Saturday and Sunday. Parents are not allowed to watch the session, so the boys get dropped off at the doors to the Performing Arts Center, decked out in their Adidas Superfly sweats, cooler-than-cool sneaks, and flat-billed baseball caps. I can just see that. I can see it, too. This dance camp was about to get a dose of prepubescent masculine energy at its most stylish. Chins high, chest puffed, they dropped a mad fist bump as the Arts Center doors closed behind them. Four hours later, they emerged, hats in hands, shoes under their arms, heads slung low. (laughs) Big time. Turns out their prepubescent masculine energy ran face first into a wall of thirsty, classically trained, prepubescent females. We proceeded to get the story. Number one, they are the only boys. Number two... Those 30 girls know how to dance for real. (laughs) Number three, the teachers are straight up mean, especially the jazz guy who kept, quote, picking on us. And in unison, we are not going back there.
0: So I ask, so let's take a break for a second. Okay. What would, I ask the listeners, what would you do, knowing just this information, what would you say to your son? What do you think they, I think a lot of people would say, Dude, my bad. My bad.
1: Or I've already paid for this. Yeah, Get your butt in there.
0: Get your butt in those there. You the said two, you wanted to do it. Get your butt in there for two and a half days.
1: Those are the two extremes. Yes. And
0: then so. Well, and I think even, yeah, my bad. You can quit right now. Quit
1: right now. Get out, Because the peep, the person who would say quit right now, get out of there might be relieved. Yeah that this isn't going to happen right? Um, because we're not even going to jump into the fact of all the, you know, the fact that they are the only boys there, Mm. that the boys are doing something that um, kind of out of the box for them, out of that man box. Um, And so there's that one side of the spectrum of the parent who's like, oh, good, this is not going to happen. But then there's the other side that says, you don't have
0: any choices in this matter. It's on the credit card on the credit card and like a lot a lot of parents would be like you're not a quitter like decide you know you're not um you know we we've experienced this i think every parent has experienced this a kid gets into something that they it's it didn't meet their expectations for whatever reason and the spectrum is um nope you signed up you're doing it absolutely or I totally feel you, you can quit right now. And like we always struggle with what the right thing to do is. So anyway. it's
1: because it's different in every situation. Right. Because it's not an absolute answer. Um, most parents who say things like, You can't quit, we're not quitters, don't be a quitter, it's a story that they were given early in their life and what they've started to do is because the story is so deeply embedded and maybe was done with shame and guilt um, they've created stories around it that make it okay Mm -hmm. meaning if my parent had let me quit then my life wouldn't be what it is when really the word quit has too much energy when there are things that we can you know we've we've talked about this so many times it doesn't mean that our kid comes home when we've signed them up for five piano lessons and they're on number 3 and they say I'm done mm-hmm. we can still say let's finish this up but yeah. then you can be done we can have a balance in there but the word quit has so much negative energy around it what about my kid has found that this is not their place right. and that they're going to try something else and our assumption is they're being lazy, they're not giving it a shot or the bigger, darker shadowy demon is I want them to do this, they're doing this for me because yes. I didn't get to yes. and it's important for me that my child is a dancer yep. athlete, whatever Though that's the big shadow
0: some people might say this right? <laughs> maybe parents would say that just maybe. shut up and dance that's
1: right that song
0: all right next paragraph okay
1: so now oh. it's getting a little more serious todd yeah. so i don't know how many of those things you want to do <laughs> okay um now that we're getting I, into it because we'll i treat it
0: respectfully okay
1: please because i i don't want to lose the emotion of the that's story true. to
0: the clips right that's even true. though i
1: liked that song
0: <laughs> i always like that song you do
1: it's been out for a long time and it know. just finally caught on i know crazy
0: all right next paragraph I now know I have choices in how I respond to all this, and I'll present them here in multiple choice format. So
1: can I go back because we went on so many tangents? Yeah. Remember, uh, Soren, his son, has come out and said they're the only boys. These girls know what they're doing. We don't. The teachers are mean, and we are not going back. He and his friend said that. So So now the dad is saying, I know what my choices
0: are. I could, letter A, point out to mom, I told you so. And throw in some guilt so she fears making future money decisions. That's a That's very option. honest option. <laughs> B, tell Soren to suck it up. Cowards don't quit. This thing costs a lot of money, so you're going back. Let her see both A and B, with a little guilt from the friend's mom as well. Or D, listen, allow, support, repeat. Mm. That should be the title of this podcast. Yeah, listen, List- allow, support, repeat. I'm writing that down right now.
1: So a year ago... I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known that there are actually choices at all. So let me insert the second thank you to us. The wife and I strategized to let the boys have a sleepover. We made it clear it was their choice whether to go back. In the morning, both were hesitant but both willing to give it a try. Amazing what a good night's sleep can do, right? No kidding. They had decided that together they could survive the day. Now, let me say something. Stop there. A lot of times we'll say, well, that's their kid. That's not mine. But have you really allowed your child to make a decision without your input? Right. That's the first question because the reason that maybe your child has not made these kind of decisions is because they, before they went to bed, you filled their head. Mm-hmm. With a lot of pressure, yep. your vision of how it should go, and you've given them all this information, but then you've left saying, "But it's your decision."
0: Totally. And
1: so then you say, "Well, see, they, you know, they quit and whatever." They went to bed not with their own instincts, mm-hmm. but with your voice. Yeah. What this dad did was listen, allow, support, repeat, and let it let it lie. He
0: detached. He detached. Wonderful.
1: Um. So, so they decided they could survive the day. Dress more conservatively this time. (laughs) Hatless, chest a little less puffed. They climbed Uh, into the car. So great. Something happened on the way to the forum and Soren's friend got cold feet. Mm. Guess the idea of spending eight hours pretending he knew how to dance under the watchful eye of 30 trained female dancers was a bit stressful. I can understand that. No doubt. I certainly don't blame him. He would not get out of the car. The director of the workshop came out and tried to talk to him. The director was genuinely thrilled to see two boys show up for this dance workshop in Idaho. And he wasn't going to give them up without a fight. But it was no use. The friend had called it quits. Then the most amazing thing happened. Soren got out of the car, made one final plea to his friend, but then he turned and walked into the building by himself.
0: This kid's got guts. Right. This kid has freaking guts. It's guts
1: and it's instinct. I'm telling you, if we stay out of it. Mm -hmm they will trust
0: themselves. Yeah. It, so, well, there's like just the whole layer of disappointing your friend. I know. In both directions, I like know. the boy who wanted to quit and the and Soren who wanted to go in, like now it's making his friend look like uh, somebody who doesn't follow through or whatever.
1: Or they have the kind of friendship again, this is, you know,
0: Yeah, we don't know. We
1: don't know. They have the kind of friendship where the boy maybe was like go for it, Soren, do it, tell me how it is. Maybe the boy was like relieved because dance isn't his thing, yeah. and he's done.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, what I want to say is, it's possible they both made the, the right absolute decision. correct decision. Thank you for them. That's right. because this, this kid uh, who got who who stayed in the car, he, maybe he wasn't meant to take that second That's right. day.
1: He just wanted to, maybe, we're playing yeah, here, right. maybe he just wanted to dance for fun. Yeah. And when he got into that kind of competitive situation, he's like, that's not my right. thing.
0: So they both could have made, the, let's just
1: assume they did. Yes, they I made, am...
0: and the reason they made the best decision because that's the decision they made. Correct. Wonderful. So yeah, Soren's got guts though. Okay. Love this kid. All right, next paragraph. When I learned of Soren's decision via a text from my wife, who was dropping off the boys, I had an overwhelming emotional response. I was at my desk at work and let it roll through me. Then had to sort it out a bit later. Tears were involved. What I discovered is that I was joyful and fearful at once. Soren is an empath, as am I. Part of me knew that he was in for and how it might... Part of him knew what he was in for and how it might affect him. Another part of me was bursting with happiness for him and this act of courage that was going to leave a mark for better or for worse. Correct.
1: So, again, to we've talked about on the show because like this dad and Soren, and I am I am also – I identify with being an empath. And basically what he's trying to say is he was going to feel this fully, mm-hmm. good or bad. Yeah, He was not going to walk into this and come home and be like, eh, no big deal. Yeah. It was going to be a deep uh, emotional, spiritual experience. Yeah. And, and dad is saying, I am overjoyed for him because that is what life is. Yeah. But it's also as a parent – I'm
0: afraid. So he's afraid that he might have a second bad day.
1: Is he that what you're, well,
0: see. I, see, if I would have gotten that text, i have been like, "Sweet!" I would have been like screaming from the mountaintops. That I know. My kid went back in there.
1: This is so interesting, Todd, because mm. it's exactly you and I had like a big talk last night about how things affect me. Yeah, and that the fact that this dad understands his dad, his son is going to go mm-hmm. to this workshop for the next day right. thrills him for his son. Yeah. But the emotional implications for dad and son are going to be huge.
0: So, in other words, if he comes back having a crappy day, he's going to have to feel that with him.
1: Crappy, good, scary. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You feel it, and it's emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. That's to, uh, just to exactly
0: kinda, what we were talking it's about exactly last night. What we were
1: talking about it. Something that I was explaining to Todd, um, who was a fantastic listener, by the way. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, was that sometimes something that's so Todd understands me in a knowledge based way, meaning that he knows that things affect me emotionally and that I get tired out by emotional experiences, but that I wouldn't live any other way. Yeah. it's I love being this way, but there is a truth about how, how much I can handle.
0: Yeah,
1: and. That it takes something that would be simple for him.
0: Should we say what it was or no? Um,
1: I don't know how to even. It was many things. It was a
0: it was a business thing. And oh, business call. It was a business call, and I wanted okay. to get on a conference call, which I'm is part of my world, and you don't s- feel the same perspective towards them, and it's well, the thing that
1: exactly. Thank you for making it uh, make sense for people because basically what I was explaining to him is even though you can explain me to other people and you understand when I say I'm an empath and mm-hmm. emotions affect me I said I feel like you sh- maybe it's hard for you to then take that knowledge and understand that in a real life situation right. because when I tell you I don't want to be on a conference call it's not cuz I'm lazy And then I lazy. schedule a conference yeah. call it's not cuz I'm lazy it's not because I don't care it's not because I'm trying to dump work on you it's because it's emotionally Taxing. taxing. Right. Now, if it's, if you say to me, this is really is important, so important, right. I'll do it. But when you're kind of blasé, like, just do it. Yeah. I don't feel like you're seeing me. Right. So okay. what, so that goes back to the Soren dad thing is, is when he, his son is going to this class, he knows that Soren and him, mm-hmm. they're going to both have an emotional right. taxing experience, but it could be good too. Right. It. But good can be tiring too. Right. Okay. Right, right. Go on. Oh, it's me. It's your turn. That night, I'm sitting on the couch, and Soren gets back from his day. Careful not to affect his experience with my own excited energy. I love this. I play it cool and ask how it went as he collapsed into the couch. Hmm. Parents, and I'm saying this is not dad's words. This is me again. That is such an important part of being a parent. Can you just chill chill and allow them to tell you? Yeah one of the things that I know from working with kid, from being a kid, a, and then from working as, with kids as long as I have, and now being a parent is it's so annoying when your parent is more excited than you Yeah. or when they're expecting a good story yeah. and maybe you don't have one to tell. Yeah. And then you feel like you're disappointing, disappointing them. them. Yeah. You're then you're way over involved. Yeah.
0: Chill, chill, calm. Even if you want to like, is the minute he walks through the door, you jump all over him with questions. Even if there's a part of your Beingness that is so intrigued, thrilled, hold it together, man, hold it
1: together, and that doesn't mean don't be yourself. Right. It means take a breath,
0: yeah, and say,
1: "I would love to hear about your day." Let them exude the emotion, right? And it's not about stifling yours; yeah. it's about a letting theirs come. It's theirs. first. It's, it's not yours; it's theirs. Okay, so I love that part. I thought that was so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, so I played it cool, asked him how it went. He collapsed on the couch. He didn't say anything at first. He just stared straight ahead. Then tears... Real
0: quick. A lot of us, even if it's five seconds of silence, we would get so uncomfortable, we would start badgering him with questions. Correct. Right? Okay, go ahead. Correct.
1: Then tears welled up in his eyes and he began sobbing. I put a hand on his back until he was done. Perfect. Just a great thing to do. No comment. Just hand on the back. He lifted his head and said, I've been holding that in all day. And he wiped his eyes. He went on to tell me that he didn't feel like he belonged. He said he tried his hardest to keep up and do what is asked, but he couldn't hang. (laughs) That's such a great way to say it. I couldn't hang with these chicks, I just couldn't hang with these girls. There were five different classes, and not one of them was like hip-hop. Oh, wait. Did I read that right? Yeah. There were five different classes. It was like jazz and and ballet. Got it. And
0: he wanted to do hip-hop. He wanted to do hip-hop.
1: Ballet was the worst, he said. I am not going back tomorrow. I'm so sorry, Dad. Hmm. It was Soren and I sitting alone on the couch. I could feel his exhaustion. I had received an email during the day from the program director. So basically, Soren just said, Dad, I'm not going back. Mm -hmm. But this is the email that this dad received that day.
0: So uh, the email says, Hi, Steve. I hope things are going well for you and your family. I just want to let you know how impressed I am with Soren. The teachers and I can't get over his bravery, work ethic, and willingness to stick through the weekend. I would love to talk with you more about working with him throughout the year if he's interested. Thank you again for getting him involved in this. He's been an inspiration to the entire Winter Move staff. Have a wonderful new year. I showed this to Soren, and he and we had the most amazing talk. I introduced the idea of how easy it is to write stories that aren't true versus just doing your best regardless of what others think about what it means to be comfortable being uncomfortable and how all those folks you see on TV are just like anyone else except they've learned to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, like performing. He went to bed knowing the decision was his in the morning. Last thing he said as I was tucking him in is, Sorry, Dad, I'm not going. To which I replied, I love you, Soren. You are amazing. How many of us would have the self-awareness? So this is me talking okay. now. How many of us would have the self-awareness of not saying, oh, you just got one half more day left? I know. Like, you got to stick it do out. It. You just got to do it. Did you hear what the director said about you? Like, we, I would so want to convince Soren to just stick it out because there's a part of me that thinks he will feel so good after that last half day that... And I'll feel like such a great parent because I convinced him to do it, but no, Steve did not do that.
1: Well, and let's like let's break that down. There are so many things there. First of all, having a deep talk about the stories we tell ourselves and how really when we break down those stories, the whole reason you're at a dance workshop is for you. It's not to be the best. It's not to necessarily shine brighter than everybody else. It's to go live your joy Mm -hmm. and how we tell our stories about I don't belong there because I'm not as good as everybody else. You're not supposed to be. And that's your perception. Yeah. You know, so that's huge. That is not just about this workshop. That's about life. Yeah. So that story is now embedded in yeah. his son. Right. And the you know comfortable about being uncomfortable. That is what meditation is. Mm-hmm. That's what yoga is. And this dance workshop is a real life meditative yogic yeah. experience. Right. Are you comfortable with being uncomfortable? And then my favorite part is how all those folks on TV you know, that we see performing, they've learned to be uncomfortable, they've learned to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. One of my favorite things to read are, as you know, because I read every entertainment Magazine that there is, and I like biographies of entertainers, is how their experience with going on a stage or doing or being on TV is exactly what ours would be. They're terrified. They don't think they're good enough. They compare themselves, but the difference between them and us is they do it. They
0: do it and we don't. Exactly. And one of the things that drives me nuts is, you know, adults, kids, doesn't matter, they say things like, why I don't do that because I'm not good at it, or I'm not good at that. Like, nobody's good at anything until you start practicing it. Exactly. And a lot of kids won't even choose to play baseball because they know that they don't know how to play baseball. Instead, just get out there if, if, it, if it's calling to you. Right. You know, you don't do it just for the sake of doing it. It's got to call to you. But a lot of us, kids and adults, um, just cower with fear and don't put ourselves In that uncomfortable situation.
1: And I think a lot of that, unfortunately, societally, educationally, uh, even parenting is often to blame because we start to label our kids. And we start to say, you're good at this, they're good at that. Or we enter our first art – this is my own personal experience. I remember in first or second grade, I loved art, drew all the time. I was forced, our whole class was forced to enter an art competition. And I didn't even get recognized. And it was – and when I say I didn't even – there was like 50 people who did. Right. And mine wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. And that was my first – that was the first commentary of "You're not good enough."
0: Was it a drawing?
1: It was a drawing of the Wizard of Oz. Of course.
0: I wish I would. I would have that, and I'd put it on a poster size in our bedroom, sweetie.
1: Thank you. You'd put it on the fridge for me. Yeah. And but that was just a, one of many co- competitive. This is where competition becomes an issue. Yeah. Because I know, you know, I know the competition has There's its a place. place for it. right. But when we start to make everything about who's the best, we start to lose the joy. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay. Um, so. Soren's been put to bed. His dad says, I love you, Soren. You are amazing. So here's the next thing. Sunday morning, there is no talk of dance at the table. <laughs> okay. When we're finished, Soren says nonchalantly, it's just one more day. Let's just go. But promise me you'll bring me some lunch. Oh. I, like as a parent, I would I would have to be so calm. I would yeah. have to breathe and be like, sure. Yeah, no problem. Okay, pretend I wasn't excited. Yeah. I didn't realize lunchtime was the one point in the day parents could visit. I promised a visit and a wonderful lunch. When I arrived, I found a school of girls (laughs) in tights, leotards, and tutus swimming in the hallway. Twenty yards clear of this swarm was Soren, sitting alone against the wall. We had an amazing lunch together, during which an elegant and stately ballet instructor stopped as she passed, to ask if I was Soren's father, then proceeded to acknowledge Soren's raw talent and courage. Mm-hmm. That night, Soren was beaming. He said the jazz instructor, he had decided was such a jerk originally, on uh, the first day, told the entire workshop that he was inspired by Soren's efforts and will tell the tale of Soren, that's in quotes at his school in New York City. And here, oh my
0: here we are telling the tale of Soren on, <laughs> on Zen, Zen Parenting Radio. Radio. I know. Um, should I keep going? Yeah. A week later, an instructor from the Idaho Ballet Academy who'd seen Soren at the workshop invited Soren to a class. I mean, the story could have ended there. I know.
1: The story could have ended at him going to bed, not going yes. and saying, you're amazing. Yes. And that would have still been a great and story. Ke- and <laughs> the
0: story keeps getting better. A week later, an instructor from the Idaho Ballet Company who'd seen Soren at the workshop invited Soren to a class. Soren chose to go. From there, he was invited to an audition for an academy scholarship. He chose to go and was offered a scholarship. It meant he had to start in a ballet class with seven-year-old girls, a foot shorter than him. He chose to join and dance with the beginners for four months. Then, at his first recital, on stage in front of 400 people, two heads taller than the little girls in his class, the teacher of the ballet class, three levels up, said, who the heck is that? And requested him as a student this coming fall. Open door choice. Open door choice. Open door choice. And he's making his own way at 11 years old, thanks in part to conscious parenting. Hmm. What do you think of that?
1: Well, that's it right there. I know. I, I, I don't think it needs our commentary. Okay. Keep going.
0: One day we were walking across the parking lot to class. Soren was wearing his Adidas sweatpants with, tight, with tights underneath for ballet. Sneakers and a backpack Totally hip 11 year old boy He looks up at me and says I feel so alive in these tights I said Congratulations my friend Some people never know that feeling Not in their whole lives Keep in touch with it And if it fades Take off the tights And do something else my favorite part this guy should be a writer (laughs) i I mean obviously he has a great great story to tell but his words steve's words are just eloquent and beautiful
1: well i i've read this a few times so my emotions are a little more in check but the first two times i read it i sobbed at that part just because that's it that's it like everything we talk about on this show is how what self awareness is it's not about i like music i like this i like that it's can you tap into that place of being alive. And his son... Through his own choices, yeah. his parents stayed we, out of yeah, it.
0: He was on the sidelines.
1: Now, did his parents help? Of course. They paid, they listened, they allowed. Went to they lunch, were there. They were there. It's not that they, you know, and that's the thing, is we get too stuck on, well, he didn't do it all himself. Of course he didn't, but his choices yeah. were all his. his own. He found what makes him feel alive, and his dad was able to stand back enough and allow him to make whatever alive means to him his own, and then reflect back to him, you got it. That's it. So for life, and, and the best part about this, keep in touch with it. And if it fades, take off the tights and do something else. Yep. It doesn't mean he's going to be a dancer right. for life.
0: Because that, you're right. That's the best line. Because most of us parents would be like, "My son's the best dancer." We'd be
1: then they'd get egoish about that,
0: right? And this is who my son is. And oh, he's got a scholarship and blah 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 and all that feeds into Soren's brain, exactly. Saying, "Who am I? If I decide that I want to quit someday, then my dad's going to be disappointed." dad, the Steve, the dad has already said the minute this doesn't work for you, you 're done, you go find the next thing that
1: makes you feel alive, thus is life, yeah, we were not put here to do only one thing and mm-hmm. one thing only. being alive is a feeling, and it then we get to live that feeling through different modes, right you know, I think everybody would say they love their life, they love parenting, they love their job, they love reading a book we That feeling of aliveness comes through many different things, and so we can 't get focused on I am only here. For this one thing. For some people, that may be true, right. but not for everybody. Finishing up this story, Soren has an incredible year ahead of him. He's a ballet dancing redhead with braces and glasses. I'm aware enough to know I have written my own stories about the year ahead for him, but thanks in large part to what I've learned while on this year long journey with you guys. So I just feel like we are part of their family, even mm. though we're not there. I feel very empowered to listen, allow, support, repeat my way through this next phase of our relationship. So I insert the third very large thank you. You guys rock, and here and I we so appreciate that. But the thing I want to say is before I read the next sentence, I looked at Todd while I was crying and I said, I said he's Billy Elliot, or you know he's the dancing boy. And then the next sentence in this in his letter it actually said, and yes. Billy Elliot has moved up into my top 10 mm-hmm. with love, Stephen. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, and Todd, I will say what my response back was to Steven was very long and obviously just between he and I, but one of the things that I said to him is something he said to Soren, which was, Soren will forever be a dancing boy, but he doesn't need to dance anymore to show that. Yes. Because what he has learned is how to dance through life. And dancing through life means you trust yourself, you practice courage, you listen to your heart, you acknowledge how you feel, you have a breakdown when you need to, you go to people you trust, you—it's
0: everything. You know what this is? This reminds me of boring college classes where we'd have to like read case studies about economics yeah. or finance. Yeah. If there was a textbook on parenting, this would be an amazing case study for self-aware parenting, conscious parenting. Insert your own words, right. in parenting, whatever. But this has it all. This is it. Or this has a lot of it. This has it. This is it. So here's the postscript. He just sent this to me yesterday. I can't imagine how differently I would approach the entire situation without self-awareness. I rode a motorcycle for 20 years when I was younger, both in New York City and San Francisco. When you're first learning to ride, you can barely look past your own front tire. You are completely reactive. Trying to work the gears and steer and overcome general fear. Eventually, you develop enough skill to look down the road and anticipate dangers all the while working the gears and steering. My experience with self-awareness and conscious parenting has been similar. Started off feeling awkward and reactive, a little scary. Then as I got more skilled, I could see down the road a ways and better avoid potholes and potential hazards. Working the gears and steering became more second nature and all became quite enjoyable. This whole dance experience with Soren has shown me that I'm not a novice with this stuff anymore, and I wish similar experiences on the Zen parenting community at large. Every day is more practice and of me, and I'm being honest, most of the time I still suck at it, but miles ahead from just a year ago. Awesome. Yeah. Jeez Great Louise. analogy. Yes. Great it's analogy. It's wonderful.
1: And that's the practice and why we use the word practice over and over and over again is because it's not a book that you pick up, read, do, and then find success. It's a practice of understanding yourself- why you do what you do, and then applying that yep. to your relationship with your children. Yeah. So when people write us questions, which you can always do that, but we never have absolute answers yeah. because there's so many variables. The, but the right answer that I know the heart of every right answer is connection, love, self-awareness. And understanding. Yeah. Those are the core components. Or let me just take Stephen's core components, which are much, I found, you know, much uh, better than mine. And they are listen, allow, support, repeat.
0: Boom. Doom. Doom. Yeah, doom. that's it. You just said doom. Boom. Um, I'm going to steal your thunder because we talked about this yesterday. Okay, go ahead. This... I I thought about this story as a story about Soren dancing, Mm -hmm. but really what this is, this is a story about Steve and his relationship with his son. With his son.
1: son. Exactly.
0: Soren will forever be grateful Mm -hmm. to Steve Mm -hmm. for not judging, not pushing, trusting, putting faith in your kid to make the best decision for him. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to do. Right. And it would have been so easy for him to, for Steve, to succumb to his own ego or society's perception on who his son is, or
1: concern about what other people, or would think. or concern about mm-hmm. what other people
0: think. I mean, your son's a dancer. A lot of people be like, "My son's not dancing." Are you kidding me?
1: Or the other extreme, you better make him go. That's right. You paid. So again, it's 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 not always one kind of negative feedback.
0: So um, I don't know. We. Uh, We will forever be grateful for the story.
1: Forever. And I think we'll use it as an example. And I think that there's a lot of stories like this out there. And a lot of the stories we hear, uh, you know, through our Facebook feeds and everything are so negative and, and guilting and shaming and... Um, you know, and, and, or it's people saying, well, I, you know, I shamed my kid and they shaped up and yep. that's not, you may have had something that you deemed a, res, a success because yeah. your kids somehow changed behavior.
0: But you don't know the cost.
1: The cost of it is you don't know exactly the cost, but I'll tell you what it usually turns out to be. You have harmed the relationship with yep. your child where you think their behavior has changed, but really what they've stopped doing is trusting you yeah. and they've stopped talking to you about how they feel. Yeah. And they've they're going to other people to be validated. And sometimes the other people don't love them as much as you do. Right. So they're not going to give them the correct validation. Do you see what I mean? I do. And so this is in that and I'm not saying that to induce fear. I'm saying that so we can see how those things happen. Everything is a ripple effect. Yep. And we'll say, but I loved my kid. I made him go to dance and I made him do this and I made him do that. You did love him, and that was true, but the way you showed your love wasn't received yeah. because all kids need is to be understood and heard and validated. They are smart. Yep. They are not dumb.
0: Smarter than we are because so, they're closer. Exactly. They're closer to their essence than we are. The older you get, the harder it is to get back to it, but Soren's 11 years old or however old he is and- He's on his way. He's on his way. He's
1: got some amazing foundation yep. at home with his parents and now in himself. Mm-hmm. So he has built, as they would say, an in inside out, a core memory.
0: Sweetie, really quite so, a transition. I
1: know. So he can always base his next decisions off that core memory.
0: Thank you, Steve. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Soren.
1: Beautiful people.
0: Um what is Inside Out, sweetie?
1: So Inside Out is the new Pixar movie that came out last weekend. And uh, I took my older girls the day after it came out. And then last night we all went as a family, again, because Skylar and Todd hadn't seen it.
0: Yep. You, you want me the, to explain? Yeah, just a brief, brief, brief premise.
1: So Inside Out is the story of a, of a family, but specifically a little girl who's 11, not so little anymore, who we, instead of just viewing life you know, having her be the storyteller. The storytellers are the emotions that live in her head that direct her choices. Yes. And it just so happens that this movie begins with the girl having pretty much an idyllic kind of childhood in Minnesota. Yeah. And the movie begins with her being forced to move to San Francisco with her family. So not only – there's two things at play. Number one, big changes in her life where most of her life before that. Of course, she had had all sorts of emotions, but it had been somewhat static joy. You know what I mean? Like consistent happiness, even if there was fluctuations. And now she is in a situation where she's going to have to feel a lot of different things. And she's 11.
0: Yep. So – Did you like the movie?
1: I did very much.
0: I liked the movie. I thought it was very good. It wasn't as funny as I was hoping it was going to be. It was more deep and message driven. Yes. Would you agree with that? Like, it's not as funny as Toy Story. Like, it's Pixar because you know it's an awesome movie because it's Pixar. They don't drop, they don't lay many eggs. Right. But go ahead.
1: Well, it reminded me more of Up than it did of any other movies because Up. I think is more of an adult movie and right. I don't mean kids don't enjoy it. I mean that the messages are so deep and yeah. layered and now when I look back it up because of Doug and because of Kevin, it's one of the most hilarious movies I've ever seen. Squirrel. Squirrel. And Kevin, come on.
0: Yeah, I would love to do a Kevin in person. I
1: would la- I mean they're just the great and that kid and the relationship with the, you know, it was so beautiful, but that To me, this movie, my kids, all three of them loved it, but for different reasons than I did. And I think the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie are much more Mm kid-centric. And the middle part, with all of the understanding of the brain, like, Todd, you caught on, and I'm sure you caught on to this, but, like, you know, you're kind of watching it as... Is it's unfolding? So you're like, oh, they're going to take the train. Well, you understand that's the train of thought. Yes. You know the they train to, of thought in the brain. Yeah, they
0: had to say that. Yeah, there's. I feel like I need to see it again. There's so much because there's yeah. a lot of layers to it. Yes. And usually it takes me a while to catch on. So.
1: Well, in the long-term memory, and that that's where the, uh, you know, the invisible friend yeah. was wandering around in yeah. long-term memory, not sure. And again, I won't give away too many plot points here, but you know, the subconscious and that when they're going down into the subconscious, this is where, you know, in sadness says to joy, the subconscious is where we hide away all the things Mm -hmm. that we don't want to look at and that it's, they still affect us. Yeah. It's that, our shadow. It's our shadow. And the you know, and you go in and there's a big piece of broccoli in there. Yeah. Um but you know what I thought about Todd is what? because in the subconscious of Riley's mind of the character in the movie, there's a big clown that yeah. must have scared her when she was little. Right. And I thought about Cookie Monster. Oh yeah. And about how that's embedded and I brought that up to JC when we saw it, when JC was about two or three.
0: Yeah. Um I, I put on a big Cookie Monster costume to make her birthday party more fun, and it kind of blew up in her face.
1: She was so frightened and so f- terrified, and and because we were kind of entertaining, we you were entertaining the other kids and the adults, there was no, like, quick exit. Yeah. So she kind of had to tolerate all this fear. Yeah. And we've talked about this on the show because for a year, I'm not exaggerating, you guys, for, for a year. 365 days after that event, she would, m- most of the time at breakfast, right. say to us, why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you invite Cookie Monster here?
0: Yeah. We traumatized her. We did. For a year, she would not let it go. And you remember when she stopped? When I apologized. Yeah. I said, you know what? Instead of
1: explaining why, I said, I am so sorry that Daddy put on that costume because it scared you and we shouldn't have done that. We didn't know, but we shouldn't have done that. And she was like, done.
0: Sweetie, it's a Zen parent. It's our 18th episode we did. Wow. Early. Right back when. Five years ago. It's titled, it turns out. Furry Blue Monster is scary to two year olds. <laughs> um, it's Zen Parenting dot com slash eighteen. And you can always put in topics like uh, in the search box and you can find different shows based off of different topics. So,
1: and what's important is, you know, JC's, uh twelve years old, um, but she, you know, so. Obviously she's not afraid of furry blue monster anymore, but I always bring that story up yeah. to her so we can rediscuss it and rediscuss right. it, not because I necessarily think she's afraid anymore of him, but of that
0: I'm aware of the trauma. Yep. Yep. Um Kickstarter, sweetie, give us an update.
1: Is that it about the movie? That's it. We don't have time. Forty
0: five minutes in. Oh, I love Go that see movie. the movie.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll talk more about it because I sure loved that sadness. Yeah. She was she was strong and powerful, just like all of our sadnesses. Okay. So, everybody, Kickstarter, it's over. So we're not going to be talking about it anymore. Are you relieved?
0: No, they're disappointed. Are they disappointed? Yeah.
1: Um, We made our goal... Then we made a stretch goal, and we surpassed our stretch goal. So I don't know how many other words I can use, but thank you, and we're grateful, and we're humbled, and we're excited to get going on this conference, and thank you so much for helping us get to a point where Todd and I feel a sense of groundedness about making all this happen. Yes. I think it took a lot of the fear away. It did. Um, So thank you for that. So we... Left off at number
0: 61. And these are people who backed us. Backed us. And we have 91. So we got 30. So
1: I'm going to go through
0: and just do quick. You want to do 15 today and 15 Tuesday? Yeah. Let's okay. do that
1: so we don't bore people. Okay. Because I want to make sure these people get their due. Okay. So um, number 62 is the Rubichek family. Thank you. The Rubes. Number 63 is Sheila McHugh. And I'm sure... Tom McKenzie. Yeah, don't forget about my buddy Tom. Um, Number 64 is Leah Faye. The Faester. Number 65 is Mary Ellen Young. And just so you guys remember, and Sandra McDonald, she also donated, so um, clap for her. Mary Ellen and and Sandra were on our show because they're the ones who wrote the Elements book for girls. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Number 66 is um, Ray Wynn McKenzie. Ray. Uh, number 68 is Lisa Gami. Lisa. Number 69 is Millie Shee.
0: The Shister. Yeah,
1: and Millie, thank you for helping me pronounce your last name because I, I do, as you know, like to say it correctly. Um, number 70 is Pat Weber.
0: The Webs. Number
1: 71 is Dan Messman. And I think that probably inc- includes Patty and Mary Grace, who was one of our BU girls. Don't forget and Luke. about Luke. I yeah. was going to say Luke. All right. Good job. Um, number 72 is Annie O'Dwyer. Annie. Yay. Okay. Number 73 is Krista Davis. Number 74 is Dave Schmidt. Dave.
0: My college buddy.
1: Number 75 is Ryan Still. I thought
0: you were going to say Ryan Seacrest.
1: And then why don't we stop there?
0: All right. Okay. We will stop there. Um. To close the show out.
1: Before you say that, thank you to those people. You made this all possible, and you are our team, and you are our backers. And again, I have more people to read on the next show, but you um, are the ones who are going to hear everything first. You're you're our VIPs. So another big thank you to you. Thank you. Go ahead, Toddie.
0: Um, so uh, the only other thing that I wanted to say is uh, iTunes reviews. We've been a little slow on those, oh, so it's um, summer. Yeah, summertime. But uh, iTunes reviews always helps us. Thank you for sh- <clears throat> excuse me sharing our show. Thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for backing us on Kickstarter. Thank you for supporting us uh, any way that you guys know how. It's really quite appreciated. So it is. Um, words of wisdom, sweetie.
1: Um, I will just reiterate Stevens, listen, allow, support, repeat.
0: Um, and the quote of the week for me is I was in Idaho, as it turns out, and I saw a guy with a t-shirt and it made me laugh. what did it say? And it said, uh, your secret is safe with me. And underneath it, it said because I wasn't even paying attention.
1: (laughs) That's like in Inside Out. Yeah. They go inside the dad's brain and the mom's brain to see what's going on in their headquarters, and dad inside his brain is watching a hockey game. Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: And mom is like all attuned to Riley, but dad is watching a hockey game. I think it was, your secret is safe with me. I wasn't even listening. That's great. That's really funny. It is. All right, guys, it's summertime. Sun's out, guns out. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you soon. Adios. Thank you.